St. Joseph Radio presents, I'm here with Don and Annie, and this is a little bit different. They've been married three months, but really, we're going to tell the story about something a little bit different. That's right. Um, you know, our whole journey is, is five years to get to this point from when we met to when we married, and it, it is absolutely a journey um, there of, of prayer and of spiritual warfare and of recognizing where God is absolutely moving in our lives and, and finally getting to the point of recognizing that. And so coming together, knowing that it is his will for us to be together. God is on a mission and he's after you. I think he's after you and you put you together. Please listen to this program. It'll be great. Well, thank you, Matt. And this is Peter Caruth, your host today. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. We're in studio with Don and Annie. They're a young married couple. I, hey, have you ever thought that life is not fair? Well, you're about to find out. Life is not fair. I have gotten to spend the last hour and a half with this couple. They're so much fun, and, and they have such a great story to tell you. I can't hardly tell you. So I am, I am going to jump right into it. Uh, well, no, I'm not. Don, tell me what we're going to talk about. Uh, you want to give it a No, no, it's Annie's going to tell us what we're going to talk about. So we're going to talk about uh, basically mine and John's journey through our relationship, uh, through the ups and the downs and the Eucharistic visions. And um, so very exciting things to talk about. And then just even our post, now that we're married, just even life after marriage. Three months. Three months. Time. Good. There we go. So we always say, you know, I, I, I want to keep my job here, so I got to do, do what I'm supposed to do, follow the rules. So we always, as Father Augustine says, all good works start with a prayer. So, Don, would you start us off with yep, a prayer? Let's start in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, we pray, especially with the intercession of Mary, who's been a big part of our journey, that uh, she continues to intercede and give us the graces uh, to share our story and for um, Christ in our lives and the lives that come into our paths be fruitful and effective. Amen. Amen. Father, Father Son, Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. You said Our Lady, my, my wife and I, uh, we just got together with a, a, a couple uh, who, uh, who I love. They're, they're just a great couple. Uh, John and Christine Foppy. He, he's the head of the president of Catholic, uh, not Catholic Charity, sorry, of uh, St. Vincent de Paul. And uh, so where do we get together? We got together at Our Lady of the Snows on Saturday. It's a great, it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Yeah, um, Mary is such a huge part of our story, um, and that's really where it begins. So um, Annie and I met five years ago in, in 2017, and um, for me, shortly before we met, I went on a Marian pilgrimage. So we saw Fatima and Lourdes and uh, some other sites in Spain, and we ended in Rome. Uh, and that was the 100-year anniversary of Our Lady of Fatima. Um, I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship, and um, Annie had um, also just gotten out of a long-term <laughs> relationship. But Annie started um, also with Mary, but at Our Lady of the Snows. 
Yeah, so I um, I had just gotten out of a long-term relationship, and I was recommended to go to what I was told was a park. Um, so I would go. You were Catholic at the time. Yes, right. I was not. I was not Catholic at the time. So I was told to go to Our Lady of the Snows, and to me, I was like, okay, what what is Our Lady of the Snows? I had no idea. There were so many questions, um, but I would go there and just pray and just get some peace maybe walk the campus it's beautiful place there um and in that time i was praying for um for the lord to just send me you know someone who's supportive that someone could be my husband a good man a good man someone that helps me grow in my faith um at that time, I was praying at the grotto. I didn't know what the grotto was, but there was only Mary there. And having been a Protestant, I was like, why was there not a cross there? Why is Jesus not there? But I knew that Mary um, was important. So I just sat there and prayed to Mary. And just every Wednesday, I made it a routine. I'd walk the campus. I'd bring a snack. I'd do a picnic for myself. Um, my sister would come with me. She... She was going uh, just out of a relationship as well. So we made well, it a routine for ourselves. Well, let me, let me just warn everybody, you know, look, be careful what you pray for because God is listening. And if you pray, he's going to respond. Uh, but be careful. He may not uh, do it in, his, uh, in, in my time and in your time <laughs> and not right away and not the way you want. Did, did it all happen the way you thought it would? I had no idea. You weren't even Catholic, for goodness sake. I was, I, I had no idea. I was speechless. Like, now that I think back, it, it's incredible. It doesn't make sense, does it? Yeah, but the journey was incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we, um, about a month after those events happening about the same time is when we actually met. I saw Annie at the gym. Uh, I talked myself out of getting the courage to go actually say hi to her. You talked yourself out. Out of it. Out of the courage, yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, well, oh, that's good. <laughs> and then um, we we matched on one of the dating apps the very next day. And so Annie loves to tell people how um, I, I kind of creeped her out because you, <laughs> I, 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 my, my defense, you can't you're, just you're, say You're hello. not selling it, man. You're just not <laughs> selling it. You can't just say hi. Nobody responds to that. So um, I, I just commented, you know, I saw you at the gym. Uh, I hope you had a good workout. But that's not how Annie heard it. But she still responded. Yeah, I did. When I saw the message go through, I just read it in. I don't know why that was like the automatic tone I read it in. I was like, hi, I saw you at the gym. And I was like, what a creepy guy who's stalking me. (laughs) Um, But, you know, the worst part is I still responded. You know, we carried on this conversation for like a whole month before we got to see each other in person. We talked about diet. We talked about working out uh, for for about a month. And, well, you were kind of fleeing because we were both kind of running from relationships, even though we both kind of wanted to relationships. Uh, and so you were, you had weekend trips planned all the time and, um, I had a busy weekly schedule. So a month later we finally met in person. So let me back up a step. Cause I, you know, look, uh, let's tell everybody on the radio, Don is young, Annie is younger. Y- y- you're a young couple, no doubt about it. I-, I don't even get this. We were, you said talking, messaging. Yeah. Did you talk? Um, or did you just we do the electronic text? Yeah, basically texting. texting. I, this is like 
foreign. I'm like, well, what are you two crazy? So you really, when did you didn't even really speak to each other until in person? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it would, and so I was thirty. You were um, twenty-seven, yeah. turning twenty-eight. It was. We finally met. It was uh, around her birthday. It was her birthday party. She, you told me I'm going out with my friends, but you can come. And she didn't even talk to me that much then. I know in all fairness, she warned me, but I thought this girl didn't even talk to me. I'm never going to talk to her again. <laughs> but then she, right as I was like walking to my car, she ran up and gave me a hug and she was like, I had fun. I hope to see you again. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, You're not I, very good at this, Don. I got to <laughs> tell you, you're sure you're married. Go ahead. Yeah. I warned him, you know, because like I had invited so many different groups of people. Yeah. And so I said like, Hey, I might not be able to get to talk to you very much. I didn't know I, was, yeah, I wasn't going to talk yeah. to him at all. But um, I barely got to speak to him. But when I was leaving, I thought about, oh, I love how this guy is so patient with me and how he sat and mingled with my friends. Um, so I gave him a hug and I thought he was so sweet. And even though he didn't think so greatly of me oh. um, at the time. Well, we played that game for about a year, year and a half. Of, mm-hmm. of, a year and a half. Yeah, mm-hmm. just kind of because we we both had gotten out of seven-year relationships. That's we actually found time. out later, what a coincidence, that both of our exes actually even had the same birthday. Uh-huh. Um, and we both come from divorced families. Yeah, and, me too. And, and serious relationships always just kind of spooked me. I would always, I like you, but I'd keep my distance type of thing. And, uh, you know, I would anytime that things started to seem like they were moving forward, I would just make my schedule busy and I would start to create distance until a good distance opportunity came. I got an opportunity at work to go take a, a three month uh, assignment in London. Man, you don't mess around when you put some distance. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then and then right before I came back, Annie got a five or six months. She went down to Austin for schooling and for work and. Um, Go really? to crazy Austin. Yeah. I mean, we stayed in touch that entire time. Um, but the day that I had to leave, Don was coming back from London. Oh, wow. Um, so I missed him by a whole day. And it's not like I could have delayed my, you know, I couldn't have stayed in St. Louis for any longer. But we still stayed in touch the entire time um, that I was in Austin for those few months. Yeah. And when you came home to visit for the holidays, we'd, we'd see each other. Um, but really, I thought that we nothing would ever come of it because um, you had said that when uh, when you do start job searching after your, your boot camp, that probably none of the jobs that you're pursuing are in, are in St. Louis. And so I really never thought, um, aside from maybe some short visits home, that I was really ever going to see you again. And so I, I was sort of getting into that mindset of well, it won't be her. It won't be Annie. So, you know, maybe give someone else an opportunity to pursue. Yeah. So, um, I mean, we, we, he was dating, you know, we tried dating and, but we always stayed in touch with each other. For some reason, we were just drawn to each other. Um, I, I wasn't Catholic yet as a reminder, but I was a Christian for sure. And I, um, Which is a little unusual for you and your family. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the only Christian in my family. Everyone else is Buddhist. Um, And they sent me to a Christian school growing up, though. So being a woman, like, strong in my faith, I just continue to prey on that relationship. And um, after finishing the program that I was doing at UT Austin, I got a job offer. 
And the recruiter told me, she's like, okay, this job is going to be out of St. Louis. Is that okay with you? <laughs> and she she had no idea that's my hometown. So I was like, yeah, of course. Like, it's a great opportunity. Um, I'm going to take it. So that job brought me back to St. Louis. And what a coincidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We call it God instances. Uh-huh. You know, every time, you know, oh, the, the whole world calls this coincidence. I'm telling you, the Holy Spirit was working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, other people were working on it against you, though. Yeah, the the internal struggle that I was having was while I I really liked Annie and I and I thought that she wasn't coming back. I did start going on some some dates with some other girls, and so when Annie told me I'm moving back to St. Louis, I'll be back in whatever a couple of weeks. Uh, I was like, oh boy, I I'm in a mess. I'm kind of tangled up. I'm sort of dating some other girls. Uh, I, I didn't. I kind of didn't know what to do. I talked to my spiritual director about it. He agreed. You're you're in some some mess, some knots, digging some holes. You need to start praying to uh, the intercession of Mary, undoer of knots, and and that is what I started doing. Um, but you know, at that point, I just I wasn't really making good decisions because I wasn't cutting any of them off. I was just like waiting for God to do it for me. Yeah, yeah. Take care of it, God. Yeah. yeah my personal valet. Straighten out the life and, uh, and, and make it right. Right. And so um, there were – finally there was a point where, okay, Annie and I are, are starting to date and starting to focus on each other. But then again, I would get a little bit spooked, cause some distance, and then, um, you know, wasn't making good decisions. There was uh, the point where we were – it seemed like we were heading towards a breakup. And so preemptively I – started, okay, well, I'll go on a date with this other girl who seems pretty and is also devoted to her faith. And um, once again, my spiritual director saying, you're not making good decisions. You're getting yourself into trouble. Mary, undoer of knots. And I kept praying for that. And um, uh, Yeah, I don't want to tell you this, but you were creating a lot of those knots. I, I was t- tangling them all up. <laughs> it was 100% on me. Yeah, but during this time, like, I mean, I've prayer life is has always been important to me growing up. Like even as a kid, I would like, I used to have tea parties and I would set up my, all my stuffed animals and name them like Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and like, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) And like Zechariah and stuff. And like, I would pray with those stuffed animals, maybe a little bit weird, but you know, um, that was my thing, you know, and prayer life has just been so important. And during this time, even whenever, um, you know, he was dating other people. I don't know. I just always, I didn't know that he was dating other people, but I just had. You kind of knew. Yeah, I had this feeling that I would always get in my prayers. Um, that that kind of Annie's kind of a mystic, I found, and she gets these feelings. Sometimes they're good feelings, sometimes they're bad feelings, but they're 98% of the time they're spot on. And the first time I learned it, we uh, we took a, a weekend trip to Nashville. This is when I was focused only on Annie. And um, <laughs> I told her, I said, hey, I, you know, I know you're a Christian. Um, I have to go to Mass. You're welcome to come with me on Sunday morning, um, but you don't, you don't have to, but I will be going. And so she did. She came over with me, and we were right by the cathedral in Nashville. That's where we went. And um, Annie got her, her feelings during Mass. And I'm gonna and you're gonna hear about it right after this. This is St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri. I'm your host, Peter Karutz. We're here with Annie and Don. And Annie, so you are uh, come from a Buddhist background, for goodness sakes. You grew up in a 
uh, Baptist tradition, and you're about to walk into a Catholic church for the first time? Mm-hmm. For the very first time, um, I was blown away by how beautiful it was. But actually, whenever I first stepped foot through those doors, I just had this, it hit me like a, th- these emotions hit me like a brick wall. I, it was almost like I had a moment of like panic in a way, but I was like washed over by emotions. I started tearing up. Um, so we went and found our seats and I'm just like looking at this Catholic church and just like mesmerized by how beautiful it was. Um, so we, you know, we went through the first mass and everything. And then, um, during the part where where uh, the priest was consecrating the host, I just had tears down my face. I had no idea why I did had no, never understood that emotion because through the previously, like being raised Baptist, I never had that feeling really. I always had instinctive feelings like you know if something was bad was going to happen or something good was going to happen but nothing like that um it was incredible and and so the um the next time we went to mass there was a a man at at, um, one of the parishes i i'm a part of that i that i play piano at that i grew up in uh, seven holy founders uh he was having his uh, 50th wedding anniversary and renewing his marriage vows and i was playing the the piano and it was uh, the, like the really the first event where uh, I was going to in public where I could bring a date, and so I had a very key decision to make. Like, okay, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this very first girl, other than the last relationship that was seven years, to something. Am I am I gonna do that? Am I gonna take that step and and show that this is starting to maybe become something? So Annie came with me to that, and once again during mass, she got her feelings, and she told me about that afterwards. And I said, well, were there certain points? Uh, or was it just kind of throughout? And you said, well, it was when the priest held up, and she showed me, uh, and it was at the point of, of holding up the consecrated host, and then she pointed to the tabernacle, and she said, when they opened that box over there. <laughs> but that was honest. You didn't know what it was. I didn't. I had never seen a tabernacle before. I, To me, it looked like a mini dollhouse, you know, that had a cookie in there. Yeah. So that's what I perceived it as. So when he asked me, I was like, okay, that box with the cookie in there, you know, and then when the priest is holding up the cracker thing. So that's when I get the feelings. So. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I was getting excited at that point because it's like, okay, I, I like this girl. This is starting to grow. She's actually strong in her faith. Um, and I would be going to sometimes like Catholic speakers and, and I would invite her to go. So we heard uh, Dr. Feingold talk on the, the Eucharist one night. And, um, I guess, you know, Dr. Feingold is pretty heavy duty. <laughs> heavy you know, duty. I, I mean, for you, to, it's like getting hit by a fire hose. I, I, I was at a, a meeting once and I told the, uh, at the Archdiocese, and I, the, the, this guy was the director of evangelization, young guy. And I said, yeah, I'm going to go see a lecture by Dr. Feingold. And he tells me, Peter, that's going to be a little bit over your head. So, <laughs> so you, as a Baptist, goes to see Dr. Feingold. Oh, my goodness. So yeah. Yeah, poor Annie had to, not only did she listen to Dr. Feingold, but then the half-hour drive home, I'm explaining even more, of because I've heard him give multiple lectures on uh, on the Eucharist. So for him to try and sum up everything in one hour, obviously he's not going to hit uh, barely what he himself can, can cover. And so I, I'm, I'm expanding on it, and then... 
what I think for at least an hour when we get we got back to my house I've opened up the Bible to John 6 and we're going through the bread of life discourse for Annie likes to say three hours it is true because that is that was one of our dates you know like Don was doing his thing where he's always busy so what option did I have but to go to this lecture and then that was how I was going to get to spend time with him so um I you know hearing us three-hour lecture on John chapter 6 is not my ideal date. Yeah, maybe not. You know, he thinks I'm exaggerating on the time, but as a girl going on a date who's a Protestant, um, hearing a lecture that's that in-depth, of course I'm going to be staring at the clock behind his head. And new stuff, too. Yeah, and keeping track of the time. That was a three-hour lecture <laughs> on John chapter 6. So I, in my head, I'm like trying to convince her. And all she had to say, which immediately shut me up at some point, was, I know, I believe you. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was very interesting. You know, I, he was explaining all of these details in there that I would think, okay, I'm a Protestant, why all of these things are connecting for me. And I would just think like, okay, if if I believe this, why why doesn't everybody else yeah. know this? Why, you know, if Catholicism is the denomination to uh, me at the time. Not, and, the, and I'll just say, you know the Bible better than anybody. You know what I mean? The, the, the Baptists are kind of known for that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, and, and as I would say, the Catholic Church is not a denomination. It's the church. And uh, when you, I remember a friend of mine uh, said, well, guess what uh, domina- denomination, uh, this, this uh, I forget her name, what, what this woman's name was. And, and I'm, I'm trying to go through the whole thing. And she says, Peter, she's Catholic. I said, I said, Joe, Catholic is not a denomination. It's the real deal. And that's what I hear from you. Mm-hmm. You walked into this church. You're hearing all this stuff anew. You know the scripture. You know the Bible. And you're saying this is it, mm-hmm. even 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 the little bits that you have for these short three-hour lecture. Yeah, I I was blown away. I this is everything was just felt like a first to me. Yeah, you know, I w- almost like I was just relearning everything that I grew up learning, but I'm hearing it in a completely different way. Right. So started watching Father Mike Schmidt's videos. Yeah. Started oh doing a lot of her own. Yeah. Lots of Father Mike Schmidt's videos. You, you're um, doing this on your own. Yes. Yeah. I would go down rabbit holes, um, hours and hours of videos and research. And I wanted to learn all of this, you know, on my own. And then I would just ask him the questions. But then, you know, when I ask Don questions, he gets into these rants where he goes for hours <laughs> and hours. Like, oh, that brings up another point. That brings up another thing. So that was pretty much how our dates went, you know. So. Yeah. And and as you uh, were, were honing in on this decision to become Catholic, um, somehow we started to argue more. Um, I was, again, I was making these bad decisions. Um, and, and there just became wedges between us. Um, some I put there intentionally, because um, like I said, I was making bad decisions. I was sort of afraid of relationships having come from a divorced family. Um, Annie also came from a divorced family and, and as a young adult, having seen a lot of marriages either fall apart or just not be what, um, what marriages should be, these, these sacramental 
marriages. And, and marriage may not have been one of your top 10 goals. Right. Um, I had hit a, a point in my mid-20s where I thought, um, I think God might be calling me to priesthood. And I, I kind of passively discerned it a little bit here and there. I would Once in a while, I'd have conversations with a, a priest. I, I did go on a discernment weekend. Um, I would you know, ask for signs and sometimes get them. But there wasn't really, I never found a good guide to really help me discern in, in one direction. Right. So yeah. for years, I felt confusion and uncertainty, and there was back and forth. And the one conclusion I came to was, well, it's not going to be marriage. Um, I, I didn't think that human beings were made for marriage. I certainly didn't think that I was made for marriage. Um, and so when the relationship was developing and, and I was realizing, well, it's either going to have to head there or I'm going to have to end it so that, because I'm sure she wants to get married someday, let her go do that. And um, so as, you know, I, I had started to kind of date oh, another girl here, or, or, or we would just have arguments. But because of Annie's feelings, uh, she would get a bad feeling if I were you know, out with someone else, and she could text me. I'd be at a friend's house. It's not like I, we were posting pictures on social media. It's not, there was nothing out in public, but... You didn't tell her she wouldn't have any way of knowing. No way of knowing. And, and she would send me a text. You're, you're out on a date with another girl. And it would just spook me until it <laughs> happened to uh, enough that I was so sure um, this has to be coming from internally. This has to be coming from God, I guess. There's no other explanation that, that your, your feelings aren't always just the good ones, but they're the bad ones too. And so they were, they were causing us to argue. Um, even, even after I, I was able to, to turn away from the other relationships, um, there were deep enough wounds uh, between us that, that we were arguing a lot, not only frequently, but the, the arguments would be severe. They would last for hours. Um, they would be almost daily, and um, I had recently joined the, the core team at my parish, and I was core, core team for what? for the for the youth group. Youth group, okay. And I um, I was I was giving a presentation the upcoming weekend, and uh, she could just see in me that um, I wasn't in a good place, and she just point blank asked me, "Are you in a place of desolation?" And that was really kind of the first term I That's heard a little shocking. such a word. Um, but who, I, who asked you that? Uh, that was the youth minister at our at our parish. Her name okay, Evie. Um, and, and I said, yeah, she said, are you planning on quitting the core team for the youth group? And I said, after this presentation, yes. Um, I, I had felt like I was at the point where because I had been making bad decisions that I just wasn't a good role model for the teens. I shouldn't be around them. They shouldn't be around me. And she just said, this is textbook spiritual warfare. Annie had just made the decision. She wanted to become Catholic and get confirmed. Yeah, so whenever he was going through all of that, and on my end, I, of course, could feel all those things, but I was still doing all of my research. Um, We would still try to still go to Mass together. Like, uh, we went to Mass on New Year's Day, and um, we saw Father Huber, and that was when I first had a Eucharistic vision. So Wow. So I hear that music. That means we're going to have to be rudely interrupted in this conversation. <laughs> and I think you're hearing it, right? The, the devil doesn't like good people coming together. They don't like another person coming into the faith, right? So there's an opportunity for him to attack. You know, there's an old saying, if you don't run into the devil once in a while, maybe you two are walking in the same direction. Clearly, you two are walking in a direction of faith. 
devil didn't want it. We're going to be back in about two minutes. This is your opportunity to go tell a friend about this conversation. Don't miss it. We'll see you back here in about two minutes. Hi, this is Matt Logaman with St. Joseph Radio with a great gift idea. A St. Benedict bracelet, a trendy accessory for men, women, and children that not only looks good on everyone's wrist, but is actually armor for the spiritual battlefield. This unique bracelet is handmade in Europe and contains 10 medals within the braided cord in the adult size and 7 medals in the children's size. On the front of each beautiful medal is St. Benedict holding a cross in his right hand, the object of his devotion. On the back of each medal is a cross. Surrounding the back of the medal and cross are the letters V. E-R-S-N-M-V-S-M-Q-L-I-V-B. In Latin reference, which translates, Be gone, Satan. Never tempt me with your vanities. What you offer me is evil. Drink the poison yourself. And finally, located at the top is the word Pax, which means peace. All bracelets come packaged with an informational card and the St. Benedict blessing, which your local priest can administer. This gift is for everyone you love and care about, including yourself. Available from St. Joseph Radio. Check the website at www.saintjosephradio.net. St. Joseph Catholic Radio is proud to announce the launch of SJEN-TV, the St. Joseph Evangelization Network. SJEN-TV is a premier online Catholic broadcasting network providing quality Catholic programming 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. We have programming such as live studio interviews, St. Joe's Java speaker presentations, current Catholic issues, and the pro-life series. We're featuring the many talented speakers out of Orange County, California, and this Archdiocese of St. Louis, Missouri including Professor John Gresham, Father James Mason, Karen Nokemper, Rick Hollerick, Bill Federer, and many more. To review the program list, go to sjen.tv or on Roku, sjen.tv. All this programming is free, and we are welcoming sponsorship of new programs. Find out more at sjen.tv. Well, we're back. This is St. Joseph. Uh, this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I know where I'm at. Uh, coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, I'm your host, Peter Karutz. We're with Annie and Don, and we're talking about their courtship. Is that okay to use yeah, that old-fashioned word? Courtship and their discernment uh, and, uh, dare I say, their vocation to marriage. But first, let me get, just tell you about a few things going on here in the Archdiocese. Look, do you know a good Catholic woman? Come on. We all do. There is a Catholic Woman of the Year. Um, the nominations are open. If you know a good one, please call us for a form to fill out uh, and nominate them. 636-447-6000. 636-447-6000. Look, and I know you know this great woman. You're going to go and tell her, I want to nominate you for Catholic Woman of the Year. What are they going to say? No, I don't want to do that. Look, we're not doing it for them, quite frankly. We're doing it for everybody else. We need good examples in our life. That's why we have the saints. That's why we have Mary, right? We're looking not to ourselves to see how we are to be, to be you know, the best we can be. We want to be better than we can be. That's why we need these good examples. So call us, 636-447-6000. Get a nomination for it. Also, um, anybody out there wearing socks? Yeah, well, I don't know whether you are or not, but it's something we don't really think about a whole lot. Uh, the Knights of Peter Claver will be at a number of different parishes uh, collecting socks for the poor. Uh, it is the one thing that is most needed for the poor. I, I, I wound up last year going to St. Peter and Paul with a thousand pair of socks because they, they just happened to have one more thousand pair of socks. And I thought, well, I have too many socks. and. Uh, I said hello to every single homeless person who came in. 
I'm not exaggerating. I'm not exaggerating a little bit. Every single one. And there were men and women, women who had children. They all needed them. Not only did they all need them, they wanted them, and you wouldn't believe how grateful they were to get them. It was a really, really cold night. It's about 100 degrees outside today, but when we collect these, we're going to get them prepared over at St. Um, uh, St. Patrick's Center, and we're going to distribute them. They don't have a single pair of socks right now at St. Patrick's Center. We need them. So uh, you can give us a call at the studio. We'll tell you what parishes they're in. Or, or frankly, if you, you, you would like a box for your parish, let us know. 636-447-6000. That's about as fast as I can do the announcements. So we're here with Annie and Don. We're talking about the relationship and more, I would say, their journey. So Annie, you were not Catholic, but you have been drawn to the faith. And meanwhile, uh, I'll say that the devil is not really happy about this wonderful thing happening. So they're throwing little blockages in your path. So you are going to Mass. Where, where, where were you at Mass at this point? Uh, we, you know, through that time, we were, we were going to Mass on New Year's Day at New St. Gerard Magella. St. Gerard Magella, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, right. Yeah, so uh, Father Huber was the celebrant at that time. And, um, you know, throughout Mass, it's normal and everything. But and then, you're not Catholic at the time. I am not Catholic. Okay. Uh, Don invited me. He said he has to go that day, and if you want to come, come. So this, I used that as another opportunity to spend time with him since he's always so busy, like he mentioned. Um, but there was something that happened during that time. So when Father Huber was consecrating the host, um, he held it up. And just very clear to me, I saw a beam of light. And, of course, like if you've been there before, there's no spotlights. There's nothing there that would have caused something like that. But it was a very clear, uh, precise circle directly in the middle of the host. And I was, you know, on my knees and I leaned over to Don and I'm nudging him. I'm like, hey, Don, um, do you see something up there that's strange and he didn't even answer my question he just goes shh shh, be quiet you're not supposed to talk during this time Annie and so I was like well that was rude um so I'm just staring at this so I'm like okay I'm just gonna ignore it maybe maybe I'm just not seeing something so I try to ignore it and the mass moves on further uh Father Huber breaks the consecrated host in half and he's about to eat it and as he's holding it up I see the consecrated host again but this time it looked different it was almost slightly in flames there were embers around it as he's holding it up and I'm no I'm not imagining this um so I am really nudging Don this time and because I'm worried for Father Huber. I'm like, yeah, okay, yeah, what if he what if he eats this thing that's on fire and you know his, it's going down his throat and stuff? So I nudge Don and I go, Don, do you see what I'm seeing? And he's like, Shh, Annie, would you just <laughs> stop talking? Oh, Mr. Sensitive. <laughs> you know, he's like, Would you just stop talking? right now you're not supposed to talk during this time of mass and i'm like man he is so rude and so you know that that but was it's as clear as day clear right you know there is no way i would have missed it i blinked my eyes a million times and i'm just it's incredible to me i see it so clear 
um, I'm just washed over by emotions again. And I, that, that was just it. And I think it was at that point, um, I don't think you told me immediately, but you had decided, at least in your own mind, I want to be a Catholic. Right. Yes. And, and so, again, we had arguing that was getting more intense. There, it seemed to be that there were false accusations being made within our relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, this whole idea of spiritual warfare was not something I was very familiar with. I right. kind of heard the term, but I, I had at least said, well, we should start praying the St. Michael prayer for yeah, some protection. Right. Um, and, and finally, you had some things happen, some more physical, actual manifestations. Yeah, um, ever since the day, that moment that I decided I wanted to be a Catholic, um, praying the St. Michael prayer, and I lived in an apartment by myself, and I um, I would go to bed at night, and I, at this time, didn't know what the rosary was for. I just know it was gifted to me, and it made me feel safe, so I always sleep with a rosary in my hand at night. But there was this one particular night that I was sleeping um, in the midst of all the spiritual warfare that we were going through. I felt a nudge at my bed, and I thought I was dreaming, you know, when you're half awake sometimes, like I was afraid that I was dreaming or something, so I just fell right back asleep. But right then and there, a larger nudge hit at the edge of my bed, and I knew I was not dreaming at all. I was terrified. I didn't want to open my eyes. I just pulled my blankets over my head and held my rosary and just kept praying until I fell asleep. Um, The next day, I remember calling Don, and even though we would argue every day, Um, He would still always be there to listen to me. So I told him about these things, and um, I told him that I had bruises on my arms that looked like fingerprints. And Don, um, he was looking at them, and he kind of thought that I was just maybe grabbing my arm in my sleep or um, something else happened or something that would leave these fingerprint bruises on my hand. So you didn't believe her? I didn't believe her. I, 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 was, I would listen to her and let her vent. But, I mean, she's such a creative person and an artistic person that I thought for sure her imagination is running wild. I'm sure she's having nightmares. She doesn't like the dark. She doesn't like the basement. It's nighttime. Of course, you know, she's, these things are, are, are going to pop into her head. Uh, but when she did show up with, with the bruises, um, of course, I was intrigued. But it was when I noticed that there was sort of an arch uh, pattern on the bruises such that um, it looked like fingers, like fingers. But um, some, somehow I recognized that um, I had her put her left hand where sort of where they were and the fingers didn't line up in that arch. And so I had to put my right hand there and the way your, your fingers kind of curve, it matched up with the right hand. And so I actually realized she couldn't have been doing this to herself because it doesn't it doesn't match up physically not left possible. hand on her right arm. Yeah. yeah. And, and so that's when I started to get a little bit spooked. Um, and so I, I recognized, okay, whatever this spiritual warfare thing is that we've heard once or twice now, um, I think this is pretty real. And so um, I talked with uh, a priest, Father Mawson, and I said, I, I think there's something like spiritual or demonic oppression going on uh, with my girlfriend or within my relationship. And he said, well, you need to go talk to the, the Catholic Renewal Center. Start there. Um, and so... Uh, we had, right around the time I had done, um, a Marian 
consecration and and just asking for intensely for Mary's intercession. Um, and a lot of the arguing see, uh, between us seem to pretty much kind of cease at that point or at least really diminish. Um, but then the morning that we were going to the, the Catholic Renewal Center, the morning we got, you know, they prayed over us. Um, but you had a prayer experience. Yeah. So I had another experience um, that morning. I was full of anxiety. Um, I was praying so many, you know, I had tears all down my face. And um, while I was praying, I heard a voice and it was a woman's voice. I would say maybe a girl's voice. And it was a very um, calming voice. And I was not scared at all. And the voice said, the Lord is with thee. And immediately after that, I just was calm. Mm -hmm. You know, the anxieties were lessening. And I was able to just kind of lay there on the couch a little bit calmer. Um, But then the next moment, while I was still praying, I heard a deep man's voice. But this wasn't like a scary voice or anything. It was just like hearing your father's voice. I always compare it to like the part in Lion King where, you know, Simba hears his father's voice. And it's like, yeah, and it's it's very calming, you know, you feel safe and comforted. And that male's voice said, um, by my work, you will be saved. And immediately in that moment, that was when I felt like I was on cloud nine. No more anxiety, no more tears. My brain was cleared, um, immediate calmness. And then we went to the Catholic Renewal Center. Um, I was nervous about going there, but the women there were so great. They listened to everything that was happening to me and they prayed over me and after leaving the Catholic Renewal Center, I felt like a whole new person. I felt so much more confident. I wasn't as fearful, um, thanks to the ladies there and teaching me a few things. And that was when we still, Don and I, we still had some some arguments, but we were much more, we recognized that it was spiritual warfare. And we were, this was in the spring, and we were getting closer to the day um, that I was getting confirmed. I think you left that out. Yeah, yeah. You so had, you're you going made through the decision a... now to formally become a Catholic oh, and yeah. get confirmed. Yeah. And as that was uh, nearing, as that was getting closer and closer, some of this, these effects of the spiritual warfare, they're arguing, the accusations, um, some of the physical manifestations were getting a little bit more intense. Yeah. So as I'm hearing this, uh, you, you had made a decision to become Catholic for sure. Mm-hmm. What wasn't yet for sure is your relationship. So it wasn't that you were getting uh, confirmed. You were going into the church for Don. You were convinced that this is what you needed to do. Yes. After all those hours of research and videos and um, speakers, I did finally, I made a decision on my own um, that I wanted to be Catholic. And I I knew that was real. And especially with all of these I guess, Eucharistic visions, um, that was almost like, to me, God telling me, here, I'm showing you that this is, this is the the path I want you to take. Um, 
So I, I actually started a Marian consecration oh. that I wanted it to end on the day that I was getting confirmed. Confirmed, yeah. Um, so whenever I started that, that was when our arguments were diminishing. Yeah, and it was um, the, the youth minister that I had spoken with, she had said, well, you know, clearly because you have turned her onto and, and have drawn her into the Catholic faith, these uh, demons are, are trying to drive a wedge between you. So um, that, w- that was identified as, as sort of the root cause of, of why this would be going on. Um, and then it was at the just right at the beginning of COVID when, when Annie was going to be confirmed. And what happened was Easter Mass, Easter Vigil, was canceled. And so suddenly all of this stuff seemed to fall away because that opportunity wasn't there anymore. Um, and so, but you did. You got confirmed two months later on Pentecost, um, Pentecost Vigil. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, there were still, um, there were just a lot of wounds. There was a lot of damage in our relationship at that point that um, I think on both ends, but mostly on my end, we just weren't sure if we could we could heal that. And so um, we did have another breakup. And in that time, I had thought one more time about looking into priesthood, but this time specifically with a religious life, with a religious community. I wanted to just be able to take all of those vows and, and give away everything and become just totally detached. And so I had spent a couple months uh, discerning with a religious order in Chicago. And, um, you know, it was, well, I guess it, it was kind of a breakup. We, we said we were breaking up, but then we would continue talking and we'd <laughs> still see each other and um, it's not really how you go about the process. It's yeah, not you weren't the very right... good at breaking up. No, <laughs> it's not the right discernment process. But um, I, I went and visited twice. And the first time I was a little unsure, um, just a little bit around the reality of what if I actually do this, uh, some fear. Um, I had some cause for hesitation, just some of the things that I saw that I wasn't expecting. Um so we continued to, to date, and then I thought, I'm gonna, I need to go check. Yeah, yeah so, so this is St. Joseph Radio Presents. I told you I was going to interrupt you rudely. St. Joseph Radio Presents coming to you live from St. Louis, Missouri, the Rome of the West. We're here in studio with Annie and Don, and we're right in the middle of you kind of trying to break up, kind of. Your, but you're, you're looking to see, and, and, you know, admirably so, what does God want me to do? Right, and you're trying to discern because apparently he doesn't have your email address either, so he doesn't send you that uh, specific instruction. So you're discerning, you're trying to figure out if this, uh, this being the priesthood, is yeah. where he wants you. Yeah, and for probably a decade at this point, I was sort of passively discerning. I was just saying, God, just put me in the right direction, just get me there, just do it. I'll pray for you to do it, and you just put me there, rather than me understanding the process of how discernment works and prayer and, and all of that and, and actually directing myself for, or being directed and, and taking some active decisions and steps and, and going somewhere. Um, and so I uh, kind of had my feet in, in the dating world. I kind of had my feet in, in the discernment of a religious vocation world. And um, the second time I went to visit, I thought, I think both Annie and I thought, that for sure I would come back with this decision that I am leaving St. Louis, I am quitting my job, I will be going into this religious order. And about halfway through the week, um, I had come to a very clear decision, um, and clarity was something I had prayed for for almost a decade, that this is not for me. Um, 
Uh, not not for you. Not for me. Yeah. And I, I mean, I was surprised by that. I talked with, with several people about it, hoping that they would kind of hoping that they would say, no, you know, you're overreacting. But but all of them had even stronger um, opinions on, on what I had to share and the conclusion that I came to. That, that was absolutely the right decision for me. And so um, we continued to grow together. We continued to grow in our faith. And we actually, so after Annie was confirmed, shortly after, um, and we were at Mass one day at St. Gerard. Why don't you tell that when we uh, we'd come back and we were kneeling after communion um, and you... Yeah, so uh, we go to Mass, and there's, you know, a new thing that happens to me. So not I've been confirmed, you know, and we're going to Mass, and I'm receiving communion. And this time, communion was different. Ah. And I was like, this is weird. So I take my communion, and it tastes like iron. You know, well, we, iron? We, we, we knelt, so we're, we're kneeling there after communion, yeah. you know, other people are, and she looks at me, and she goes... <laughs> and, I, and I'm looking at her all funny, like, what are you doing? And she goes, He's like, I was be like, quiet. Shh, shh, we're supposed to be praying right now. She goes, it tastes funny. I said, mm-hmm. no, it doesn't. Shh. Yeah, I, I kept leaning over to him and him doing his normal thing of shushing me. Yeah. Um, I told him it tastes different today. Right. I said, he goes, what does it taste like? I said, it tastes like iron like a penny or something it tastes like a penny um and i looked at her i was like okay you have my attention does it taste like blood she goes yeah like when you cut your finger yeah like i know it sounds gross but you know sometimes when you have a little nick of course or something you just like lick the blood off make it stop bleeding yeah yeah and that's exactly what it tasted like to me um it tasted like blood and I, there are times where the flavor would be so strong Intense. that I um, would look over to Don and I'd open my mouth. I'm like, is there anything in my mouth? You know? Um, yeah. And, and so once again, she's having some of her mystical experiences, uh, particularly with, with the Eucharist. And, and keeping in mind that this is still kind of the beginning of COVID. And so Annie has never received the precious blood from the right. chalice. This is right. only the host. Right. Yeah. And she's having these these experiences. And so, um, you know, for me and for us at that point in, in the relationship, um, I still was, was emotionally connected with this idea of religious life or of, of priesthood. Um, but intellectually, knowing that I want to pursue Annie um, in this relationship. So it very much felt like a breakup. You know, you, you love the person, but you know you shouldn't be with them type of feeling regarding the religious life. Right. But on my end, like through that time, I always, you know, I always pray for Don that he would find clarity in what he was searching for. And, but for some reason, every single time we argued, I always knew that I was meant to be there to help him somehow. Right. Um, Every time I prayed for him, I was like, I would actually um, pray to the Blessed Mary and be like, okay, so, you know, there's all this hardship. I don't think, I don't think I can handle all of this anymore. It's so much anxiety. It's so much hurt. And for some reason, I, every time I always ask if I'm supposed to be in his life somehow and help him through this somehow, I need a more obvious sign that I should be there. And every time I say, amen, next thing you know it, my iPhone dings, and it's Don texting me saying, hey, I love you. I want to be with you. 
um, we're going to make it through this or something. But there, you know, there are times where he didn't believe that. But I always felt that that was true because my prayers were consistent. Amen. Ding. Ding. <laughs> yeah, how many times does God have to, you, you ask for a sign, you get a sign, you ask for a sign, you get a sign, mm-hmm. you, you start to put it together, huh? Yeah. Ding. So at some point, you, you gain clarity. Yeah, and, and thank God that he started putting these, these people really clearly in the middle of my path in life that were helping direct me into to finally achieving that point of clarity. So you know, Father Lampy was one of the priests at Ascension at the time, and, and we were doing a small group, and he very much recognized we should go through discernment of spirits. Like, yeah. And what I recognize is, is in this spiritual warfare, a lot more uh, clearly, moments where I felt isolation or I felt shame. Um, I felt like I couldn't talk to people about certain things and uh, identifying that as a work of the devil and to get out of that by taking steps such as, you know, talking to somebody about it. I had lunch with uh, a deacon at, at Seminole Founders, Deacon Tom, and I just wanted to vent. And one of the things I was hoping for from that conversation was for him to tell me, yeah, you need to be a priest. But actually, he told me quite the opposite. Um, and he said, I think you would be, uh, you and Annie would, would do a, a lot of great things, a lot of, you'd be a power couple for the church. And um, uh, then having, so yeah, Fa- Father Lampy, again, going through the discernment spirits and then renewing my consecration with Mary. And it was I mean, it was it was to the day when I renewed that that consecration. I suddenly got clarity. It felt like that emotional attachment with the religious order was suddenly just shattered, and I just I knew I wanted to pursue Annie. And, and through that whole process, I think I finally understood what I never truly understood, and what I think probably unfortunately most people in our society don't understand about marriage, what it is as a covenant that it is that it and as a sacrament that it's not just this contract between two people uh but but that it is this this covenant that you enter into for life and as i would always say to Mar- uh, to annie that the only way out of a covenant is death is death <laughs> and so i knew that if i pursued marriage with annie i knew that i was doing it with someone who understood what marriage actually is and i told these two that this hour would fly by so there's a lot more yet to come we'll uh, you know what call the station 636-447-6000 we have an extended video that actually gets to the rest of the story and by the way it's a really really good happy ending 636-447-6000 annie and don thanks so much for coming let me just tell you what i get out of your story What's the reason to get married? To get the other person to heaven. Mm-hmm. And I've heard this over and over and over with you two. You two are not only getting each other to heaven, you're helping a lot of us get there too. Thanks for coming. Thanks for coming today and hope you come back again, would you? Absolutely. There we go. Go out, spread the good word, have a great marriage, and tell someone about this program and Don and Annie. You've been listening to St. Joseph Radio Presents from the Rome of the West, St. Louis, Missouri. If you would like to join us in our evangelization efforts, you can order a copy of today's broadcast or any of our past programs by visiting us on our website, stjosephradio.net. That's S-A-I-N-T, josephradio.net. Or call us, 636-447-6000. It's all at your fingertips to help us evangelize the world, bringing the good news of Christ.
Christ to everyone you meet and change one soul at a time. Thank you for your prayers and support. Until next time, may God bless you and your family. This has been a presentation of St. Joseph Radio Presents. Thank you.